Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 10 of the Chamberlain and Chance podcast. My name is Chamberlain, and I occasionally update InfiniteBacklog.com. Joining me today is a man who just this morning released a love letter to the Vita with such passion that if I were his girlfriend, I would be jealous. This is Chance, <laughs> who curates Infinite... Or I'm sorry, this is Chance, who curates the games of Chance at Blogspot.com. How are you doing tonight? Not too shabby. The man loves his Vita. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Please check that out on his site if you haven't. It is a list of games that one should own. If you have a half an hour to scroll down, I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it broke my tablet. I'm not even joking. It killed oh, the tab really? on it when I was trying to... Yes! I was thinking about remaking it with just like uh, low-res GIFs or JPEGs or whatever the smallest file size is. No, I mean, my tablet's no good. Don't feel bad about it. <clears throat> So this evening, we will be going over the headlines, and then a standard show, what we've been playing. I have put a fair amount of time into Street Fighter, and I have some opinions on it that are shared by some and not others. Thank you very much for joining us, and here we go. Run, boy, run. This world is not meant for you. Run, boy, run. They're trying to catch you. Run, boy, run. Running is a victory. Run, boy, run. Okay, uh, headlines. The sun will be guiding. First of all, man, episode ten. That's pretty cool. That is. We we, we have kept this going for technically eleven episodes since there's that one re-recording yeah. there. Ten episodes. And I think I think like there are some people out there who actually listen to it. Which I, I, I it's keep weird. track of it. Yeah, it is weird. I keep track of it on, on Shout Engine where I have it posted and looking a little bit on iTunes. And, and, and actually, yes, there, there are people. And, and for those people who are out there, thank you very much for the validation. Seriously. <laughs> I do appreciate it. <laughs> it's because um, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of a small community. Like as far as the community of blogs go that you and I belong to, it's you and me and Alex McCracken who writes uh, The Daily Crackpot. And Alex is usually like a movies guy, but he's, you know, he's good. He, in fact, he's the only one of the three of us who gets paid for writing. <laughs> this is actually, true. That's actually his job. And, um, but it's, Alex started out reading our blogs and deciding he wanted to do it himself. And so to like anyone listening to Alex, who's like a part of our community, Skulvik, Ramseltron, Geo, Megothor, Felipe, and anyone else whose name we don't know because you've never commented, thank you for, you know, Paying attention to us. <laughs> Alex, you have a standing invite. If you'd like to join us for some movie discussions, you can shame me. I just, before recording, watched Sharknado 3. You Aww. can probably abuse me for that all you like. So. Ian Zaring is still working. That's, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the man's got to eat. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, like, man, 10 episodes. Thanks. Thank you for so much, everyone. That's really uh, cool. Anyway, uh, headlines. Okay, headlines. Bioshock, the collection has been rated in Brazil for PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and and the Xbox One. Uh, the fact that it's also on PS3 and 360 kind of says this is not going to be a remaster. There's not going to be, like, cool updated textures or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know who's missed it, though. I mean, it seems like everybody who would want to have played it would already have played it. Is this really just a collector's thing to have yeah. it on the, on the new, new hardware? Here's the thing. You, with your fancy Xbox One, you can just play these games. I this assume. is true, because my backwards compatibility actually works. Yes, and for me, I would love to play Bioshock at 60 FPS. I would love to play Bioshock 2 at 60 FPS. I still insist that Bioshock 2 is better than the original, and I, I know I'm like I'm alone in that. I know. Yeah, I know. you're, yeah. I'm sorry, okay. the final third of Bioshock just sucked. It did. Yes, yes it did. Everything after the golf club scene was extraneous. Okay, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's been rated, so we'll probably see it sometime in the next 12 months. Don't hold your breath. As long as they don't charge too much for that. I mean, yes, it's three games, but that should be 60 bucks. Um, or less, it should be 40 bucks. 40, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking 40. Uh, February 15th, 2016, the PlayStation Vita turned four years old. The Vita we we learned a couple episodes ago has sold about as much as the Wii U. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not a it's... success by any stretch of the imagination. But the but people who have it love it. The people who have it love it. The only people who don't love the Vita are the people who don't have a Vita. But once you get it, oh my god, it is so good. As I was writing that colossal post yesterday, it did occur to me that, yeah, I would sooner someone take my PS4 than my Vita. 
if someone put a gun to my head and said, you have to lose a console, well, honestly, it would be, <laughs> it would be the PS2. But, <laughs> but if I had to pick between PS3, PS4, Vita, it's not the Vita that's going to go. I have, it's the only platform I have backups of just in case mine fails. It's wonderful. Well, that because they they change the screens on them, and you have one of the better screens as a backup. Yeah, but that that's not to say it's a better version. I th- I think the battery mm-hmm. life on the the Slims is better. I think uh, the form factor is a little bit better. But yeah, this I I love the screen, and it's is not this, like bad. Is this longer way. than Sony supported the uh, PSP? Because the PSP wasn't exactly going well either. No, it didn't. I I haven't actually. Let's uh, let's look at the numbers. On let me fire PSP into Wikipedia. Because I remember Wikipedia. when the PSP came out, I was still I was still in gaming retail when that came out, and I remember for a console launch there was not exactly a lot of excitement about it, and an an, or, an inordinate number of them came back because they all had bad pixels, so they had problems with the screen. So that first launch batch, at least from my little corner of it, was not very impressive. Uh, launched in North America in two thousand five. When did it shut down? I can I could probably tell you that it shut down around the time Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker came out. It's not like that one didn't have games, too, because it did have a decent number of games. Well, on my end, it only had a half dozen that mm. I really cared about, that I cared about enough to buy the platform. And once I had those, I didn't. There, it didn't drive me to buy anything else. Like, yeah, I picked up Patapon, but it um, it wasn't quite what I wanted a handheld to be. And that's why I never bought a Game Boy. Because throughout my life as a child and as a teenager, people would hand me a Game Boy and say, check this out, isn't this cool? And I'm like, no, it's not cool. Like, this is so many steps down from the type of games that I actually enjoy. Why would anyone play this? And the the Vita was that promise. And in a lot of cases, it's that promise kept. It is console-quality games in your hand, anywhere you want. Well, then, then you should be all over Nintendo's... NXT announcement or whatever they're calling if that yeah, really I, is I, that uh, handheld thing that you plug into your TV I am watching that pretty closely actually because All right. All right. <laughs> if if it is uh, as good as it can be and if they get indies on board oh I'm in if man if I could play uh, if I could play like uh, Invisible Ink hmm. on a on a little handheld oh, I would be I'm thrilled. not gonna lie I saw I, I hadn't seen any footage of the new Mario Kart and I mean everybody likes Mario Kart it's just hmm. one of those games that just works I hadn't seen footage of it damn that new Mario Kart actually looks really good. <laughs> I'm never going to play it. There but, was uh, one. No, there's a Mario Kart Wii U. No. Well, that's no, where believe, that. That's where all that. You're that, implying that to me meme... that there's a new one. Yeah. The, no, no, the no. Luigi that's the same game. one. It's the same one. Yeah. Okay. It's the, the, the Wii U the one. Luigi I, staring. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I hadn't seen it at all. I mean, I, I'd seen the, the Luigi staring meme, but I hadn't seen any actual gameplay. I'm like, wow, that's that's 60 frames per second. That looks really good. Yeah. Whenever like, whenever I'm in a GameStop and they have a Wii U up, I'm like, ooh, that does actually look pretty good. It just doesn't <laughs> look like you know an extra 300 bucks for a console I'm never going to play good. Yeah. Who's but, got time for another console? The Vita I do play all the time and. Uh, as I was putting that post together again, I was rating all these games on the Vita and Don't Starve 10 out of 10. Okay, Dragon's Crown 10 out of 10. And those games were 10 out of 10s. If they were just console games, I wouldn't have enjoyed them that much. But once you put them on the platform uh, or on the Vita, it it makes a game that wouldn't be a 10 out of 10, a 10 out of 10. Because, you know, I'm at the mall with Kayla, she goes into a change room, okay, I'm surviving and don't starve for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and so I put hundreds of hours into certain games on the thing, and it kind of opens up certain games to be enjoyed so much more than you would if it were tied to a television or tied to your computer. Uh, so yeah, I love the Vita. If you have any curiosity about the Vita, please do check out that post. And just, you know, be prepared to scroll down because it's nothing but images as a rule, and it is a wonderful little platform. But back to I, the news. I was taken by surprise with that I I didn't realize because I don't follow the Vita at all except for what you talk about. I didn't realize there was that much out for it. I mean, it's yeah, no and, slouch. It's got a library, a real library. And that's not that's not everything. That's just the good shit. Yeah. That's the stuff that you know maybe you want to look at this. And I'm sure there's tons of sevens, eights, nines out of tens that didn't go on that list because I just don't know about them. But yeah, there's a lot. And the refrain remains, the Vita has no games. Well, no, it's fucking bullshit. And now the refrain is, well, the Vita's dead. Nothing else is coming out for it. No, I'm sorry. That's that's, that's bullshit, too. And that list of games that uh, are coming is incredibly truncated. Like, it's probably a, a tenth of the size of what's actually been announced. Do you buy the physical games for the Vita, or are you digital only for Vita? I'm not certainly not digital only. What I'll do is, if I... 
if a game is usually the cheapest place to get a game is on a PlayStation Network PS Plus sale. So I will taste test a game via PS Plus sale if it wasn't one I was just going to buy day one, like Trails of Cold Steel. If it's a game I know I am going to love, like Dragon's Crown, like Odin Sphere, I will buy it digitally day one because I will never delete that thing off my Vita. Then I will buy a physical copy because I'm a collector. <laughs> okay. And sometimes I'll buy physical copies of games I'm not sure of just because I don't care that much. Our cart would be cool. Like, I have Corpse Party Blood Drive. It's okay. It's pretty disturbing. It's, <laughs> it didn't suck me in. But, you know, that's a cool little case. So, yeah, the Vita is way better than anyone gives a credit for. <laughs> and that's my refrain for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, id uh, announced via Twitter that they reckon Doom's campaign is 13 hours, or at least that's what the average is for folks playing in their office. That's not that. bad. I don't mind I that don't... at all. No, yeah. no, I don't. Because at least, well, because you know there's going to be at least one expansion that'll come out for yeah. it, or for the for a DLC. 13 hours for a shooter is not bad. It's short enough that if you like it, you can turn around and do it again at a higher difficulty level, and yes. still not have killed your time for three weeks. So, yeah, not and... bad. You know, like, I can't think of a single Doom game that I played once and walked away from. So 13 hours, you know, is actually more appealing to me. Like, I think of... Anyone says that a game is too short, I think of Metal Gear and I think of God of War. These are games that you can beat in three to five hours if you know what you're doing. Yeah. But they are definitive. They are amazing. You want to replay them. So, yeah, 13 hours, I'm down for that. I predict no filler. That game's going to be a rocket. All Straight killer. through. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a toy producer this week uh, for NECA Toys, whatever the hell that is, uh, said that Crash Bandicoot is coming back, and Sony's bringing back Crash, and always excited about the toys. Now, he later said that he misspoke. So, <laughs> maybe he just doesn't know what he's talking about. It suggestions that what he saw was a fan cover for a Crash game oh, that doesn't geez. exist, and he thought it was real, and so he thought he'd just end up making toys for it, who knows? Um, some industry insiders have said that if a new Crash Bandicoot is coming, like you might remember, an exec was wearing a Crash Bandicoot shirt on a stage at a press conference last year. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and we all kind of took it as, oh, what's going on there? But anyway, in, in, insiders say if a Crash is coming, it won't be from Naughty Dog. It might be from Sanzaru Games again. Oh, <laughs> like, great. Yeah. See, the best thing out of the whole Crash thing, remember those commercials with Crash standing outside of some other opposing company's offices with a megaphone just shouting at them? I do. That was fun. That was the best thing that came out of Crash. The games were mediocre. I don't think I ever finished a Crash Bandicoot game because I got bored of them. Yeah, I tried like, them, did not think much. They were not, I mean... You look at that, and you look at other games around around the same time, you had stuff like Tomb Raider, which is iconic. Mm -hmm. And you have Crash, which is a kind of 3D platformer on rails. I, I don't know. They didn't age well, that's for sure. I think it got the kids. I think Crash yeah. Bandicoot was the thing for the kids. And I think that's what they tried to do with Knack, God bless them. <laughs> maybe it worked. Like, you know, Splatoon worked. Apparently kids in Japan cannot shut up about Splatoon. Well, there's a difference, though. Splatoon is supposed to be a good game. <laughs> yes. And Knack was not. <laughs> um, Rise of the Tomb Raider this week beat out The Witcher 3, Pillars of Eternity, and Assassin's Creed Syndicate to win the Writer's Guild Outstanding Achievement in Video Game Writing Award. I haven't played the game, but this kind of blows my mind. I, I, I'm surprised as well, because I've, I've played three of those four. I have not played Pillars of Eternity. Assassin's Creed Syndicate is... I'm surprised that's on the list, because the writing of that game didn't really stand out to me. Yeah. Um, and The Witcher 3... Three, I mean, it, it's it's such a big, sprawling, grandiose thing that I understand that it's there. I'm, I'd, I'd have to go back and relook at Rise of the Truman because I don't remember the writing itself being that big of a draw. I don't know. Yeah, well, good writing often is, I don't want to say undetectable, but it doesn't stand out very as much. As much as bad writing, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, like. Um, the writing in The Last of Us was impeccable, but a lot of that was what's not said. And maybe that's it. Maybe it was just so subtle that it was super good. Now I really want to play it just to see if, you know, these Writers Guild people know what the hell they're talking about. Well, by the time it comes out for you, you'll have the, the Dancing Cut of Baba Yaga or whatever they call it, expansion. You'll probably get a, f a full collected edition on PS4 yeah. when it comes out this year. But one of the writing was one of the things that I remember being particularly bad about the first one. Like, oh my god, it was actually in the game. I set out to find adventure. <laughs> but instead, adventure found, found me. And I'm like, oh god. <laughs> like, 
You can, so, yeah, you they, can just hear the poor voice actress gagging on the words coming out of her mouth. I have to say this because I need to eat tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, you could certainly say most improved. <laughs> that wouldn't be hard. Okay. Um, it was announced this week that folks who pre-order Dark Souls Three on Xbox One will get the original Dark Souls via backwards compatibility. I love that as a pre-order bonus. That's not the first yes. game that did it. There's some other games that have done that too, where they Alice came out. Madness Returns did it years oh, ago. Oh yeah. yeah. But even other Xbox One titles, they've been doing it where you pre-order it digitally, you get a free copy of the old of the Xbox 360 version prequel. Yeah. It's a great incentive. Lets you keep pick up with things. If I cared at all about Dark Souls Three, Dark Souls Three. That would be an excellent incentive to pre-order it. I like it. Yes, I am. I am jelly of that. And uh, recently, you know, with just the talk about backwards compatibility on the Xbox One, I am conscious of the fact that I can't remember the last time I turned on my PS3 to play a legacy game. Like, I don't, it's sitting right there. It's plugged in. I still use it um, for just not for playing games on anymore. But I am jealous of that. I don't know why. It's like one of those things that's nice to have in a checkbox, but people don't actually use it. It's nice because it kind of builds... I don't have a very big physical collection, but every yeah. once in a while they start adding new things, and I'll look at my My Games and Apps tab, and I don't have them all installed, but I look at their... Oh, I could play Ikaruga if I wanted to. I could play this if I wanted to. I could play this if I wanted to. They're all right there. Like, they yeah. just added Galaga. I'm never going to play Galaga <laughs> again, but it's there if I wanted to. Yes. So it's nice having... It's like a, like, a, like a safety net of extra games in case the industry itself collapses to no end. As long as the servers are there, I still own all these other things that I could play if I wanted to. As long as the servers are there. Which as, is part, as long as the servers are there, yeah. Which is part of the reason I bought the Dying Dying Light Enhanced Edition on disc. Ah. But we'll, get, we'll get to that later because I'm actually okay. a bit burnt now about that. Yeah. Um, the Dark Souls 2 Season Pass indicates that there will be two epic DLC packs for it, which is par for the course for uh, from software's latest games. They've been doing that ever since Dark Souls 1. The DLC is always pretty, pretty good, so... That's cool. I gotta be honest. I'm thinking about about getting a hold of a copy and and streaming however long I can last playing it. I predict it'll be a 15 minute stream laced with profanity that will make your mother blush. I would love to have seen your bloodborne attempt. Oh my god! I'm glad no one else was around because it was not either that or what I'll do is I'll try Dark Souls three twice. Once sober, and once not, and we'll see which actually works better. So we'll see. <laughs> Um, the Duke Nukem 3D Megaton Edition, which is just the original Duke Nukem 3D with all of the expansions that were ever offered for it, is now pulled from all digital marketplaces. It, you can no longer buy it anywhere. Uh, the reason this happened is 3D Realms had the rights to it. They sold the rights to the franchise in general to Gearbox, but for Duke Nukem 3D, Gearbox didn't actually have those rights until this week. Hmm. And so now the rights transferred over. Um, 3D Realms doesn't own it anymore. They don't have the right to sell it. If you bought it, or if I bought it, and it's on my Vita, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I still have it. Like I can still go onto PSN and download it any time. You just can't find it through the store. So yeah, that's weird. Are we ever going to see another Duke Nukem game? You know, I really hope we do. But the last good Duke Nukem game we got was called Bulletstorm. Yes. Oh, that game was great, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> that was just a fun rootin' tootin' shootin' good time. And man, that Duke Nukem Forever was egregious. And I think I think Duke Nukem Forever was so bad just because 3D Realms worked on it for years, and that was pretty much the game we played. And th and Gearbox just took what they had, stitched it together like Frankenstein, <laughs> shocked it to life, put it out on the market, and yeah, no, it does suck. So I would I am totally up for that. I'm up for a completely stupid first-person shooter, arcade first-person shooter. Those are great. Those are fun. That's Bulletstorm when it's done well. Um, I don't really trust Gearbox to do that, though. Yeah, see, Bulletstorm was epic, and epic can do those things because epic, epic is really not can. all grimdark. Epic can yeah. do other things. Yeah, I wonder if we're ever going to get Fortnite. Did that come out and just no one heard about it or something? I don't think it ever came out. Yeah. GameStop CEO, speaking to Fox News this week, says the PlayStation VR will launch this fall. That is a dangerous time to do that, kind it, of. It is. Like, it's positioning itself for kids to want it on Christmas, but I don't know. That seems Unless, really okay, ambitious. Are they trying to have, because Nintendo has not come out to say anything yet on when they're releasing whatever their new thing is. Are they trying to position themselves as having something newish to go against that? Or is this Sony being so full of itself that it's saying it can do what it wants? 
I, I kind of think it's Sony saying we have to have this out before the holidays. Mm. I don't know why you wouldn't put it out. What I would do is I would release it way early in the year, like around now-ish, for the full price. You know, whatever this ridiculous full price is going to be. Because I'm estimating about 400 bucks, and that's being pretty... Uh, well, yeah, I, the, that's the, pretty low. Oculus was that. Wasn't was Oculus Rift? Just Oculus the device was like 600. Oh, okay. Okay. Oculus was 600. And this, um, you know, it'll have a little, uh, you jack it in via USB and it has an additional processor that apparently helps the PS4 process, um, you know, all the additional polygons Makes it needs sense. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think it's going to be the price of a console launch. So I would say put it out now, early in the year, end of, you know, like January. But release it for that full price. Let hype build. Let no one else kind of, only the people like me who would <laughs> crazy enough to buy this fucking thing, talk about it and hype it up for other people who can't play it. And then at the end of the year, drop the price by 50 bucks. Going into That Black will Friday. only work if it's good. Yeah. If they but... release it now and it's not good, now you've got six months of people like you who bought it early complaining about it. <laughs> True. No, that's a good point. That's a good Unless point. it's, I mean, it might just not be ready. Maybe it's not there yet. Maybe they don't have the software. They don't have the killer app because you you have for something for a console like that. You have to have a pack in. It has to come with a pack in game. Yeah. As proof of concept. Otherwise, you're buying this device and what are you going to do with it? You wear it on your head for porn. Ugh, no, no, you can't. That makes me think about the pack in that came with Vita. <laughs> what was the pack in with Vita? I don't even know. Yeah, it was some stupid little colorful kids game that showed off all the ways you can touch and tilt the Vita. Ugh, which was I, never touched again. Yes, I, I took it, I immediately handed it back to the person at GameStop, and they gave me like two bucks for it, because I <laughs> fucking wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this week, uh, Fallout 4's first run of DLC was announced. Um, God, there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah, there is. Okay, uh, Automatron will launch in March for $10, which looses a ton of evil robots on the Commonwealth, which you can then hunt down Pokemon-style and kill Fallout-style. You then harvest their parts and build and mod your own custom robot companion. You mix and match limbs, armor abilities, weapons, paint schemes, and voices. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Wasteland Workshop will launch in April for 5 bucks. It allows the player to set traps and capture Wasteland creatures from Raider to death claws, you can tame them, make them fight each other, and so on. And no word on whether or not I can have a faithful rad stag companion. <laughs> it also includes a suite of new design options for your settlements, like the Nikki tube lighting, letter kits, taxidermy, and more. I love the idea of new lighting for my settlements because that's something I'm actually pretty disappointed about with the core game. And Far Harbor is coming in May 2016. It will be, quote, the largest landmass for an add-on that Bethesda has ever made, which is encouraging given the size of some of the previous things they've done. It will include new faction quest settlements, enemies in dungeons, higher level armor, weapons, and so on. Now, just like Techland did before the following uh, download release for Dying Light, they've said that the DLC we're making for Fallout 4 is now way bigger than what we had initially anticipated, so it's going to be worth way more than the $30 we're asking you for a season pass. So the season pass is going up to 60 bucks at the beginning of March. If you buy it now, you can get it for 30 in the States, or I can get it for 40 in Canada. And I almost bought it this week. Hmm. I, was, I was right there, because I'm probably going to play all that, but you know when I'll play it? I'll play it when the Game of the Year edition comes out. Yeah, okay, have it all on one disc, yeah, as opposed to all, all the individual pieces. Would you will, because I am not hurting for things to play. <laughs> Uh, I'm still working on Fallout. I have not given up on it yet. Um, it's being picked away on the side when I'm frustrated with servers not working, which we'll get to later. Did so, you find that vault I was talking I, which about? Which vault? I found Vault 75, uh, which was where they had children, and they were killing most of the children at 18 and keeping the super smart ones. Yeah, no, that's that's an empty vault full of dead people. Yeah, yeah. I, no. I did not. I have not found. Is it a story quest? This vault that everything's no. okay? No, it's oh. not. It's not tied to the plot. I gotta no, find you, it then. You can totally miss it. Okay, well that depresses me. <laughs> I'm sure I'll find it. I, I got to the point now where all of the major quests, like the, the 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 factions, most of their stuff is kind of done or waiting for me to advance the the main story, mm -hmm. and I have to go into the glowing the glowing lake. No. Oh, I the just did the part, sea. the glowing sea. Yes, I yeah. just did the part where you're wandering through the bad guy's head and his memories, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm. So, but now I have to go to the glowing sea, which means I'm actually going to use my my suit, my 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 mech suit for the first time because that'll withstand much more radiation than I have anything else. You, you don't just have a rad suit. Uh, I have my rad suit, but I mean, it the, offers more the, protection. Really? Absolutely. And I'll look and see what I got. Put on the rad suit, pop some radax, you'll be fine. Okay. And it is gorgeous. It is like, it is 
the only thing from Fallout 4 that I remember, really, that is a defining Fallout moment now. That when I look back on the series, I'm going to remember walking through the glowing sea. See, I, I had that happen to me because I was trying to clean up a lot of the faction quests, and I got to the point where, for the Brotherhood of Steel, the faction quests actually started repeating. Yeah. I mean, literally, I did this one where they said, go get this, you know, item from this building that I had already been to, so I was already annoyed with that. I went there. I had been there recently enough that everything was still dead. Mm-hmm. So I walked in, picked up the item, brought, brought it back to this woman, gave it to her. She said, thanks, I got the XP bonus. Then she said, here's your next one. And it was the same quest. <laughs> so I'm, you know what? I'm done with the Brotherhood. I'm going to go do something else now. And each of the quests, each of the factions has kind of done that now, where they're almost repeating the nonsense quests. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, it's time to advance the story for something else to happen. Did you walk away from um, um, the, the Minutemen? No, I didn't, actually. Oh. Uh, I, I, I got their castle up and running. I just did the quest where you start up the... You, you build their cannon yeah. in the courtyard. I just did that one. I actually ran into an interesting thing, which I, I thought might be better than it was, where both the Minutemen and the railroad had me going to the same place. Hmm. They had one settlement that they both wanted me to fix up. So I went in there and cleared out all of the ghouls first, which fulfilled the Minutemen quest. Then I built some defense, which fulfilled the railroad quest, and I got the XP for both of them. <laughs> so I was hoping that it was going to start some sort of fight between the two, and it didn't. So I, I have not run into any quests for the factions that have forced me to stop doing other ones. I did find one for the Brotherhood. It was an optional one where the, the guy who runs the store wanted me to go down and start extorting food from the farmers. Oh, yeah. Fuck and I was like, guy. nah, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So yeah. I, just, I walked away from that quest. That was, I was done with that one. Yeah. Yeah, Brotherhood of Bastards. Okay, uh, Moon Hunters <laughs> will launch on PC March 10th. I uh, yeah, do I know not know have... what that game is. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Moon Hunters is, uh, okay, imagine Legend of Zelda that every time you played it, it was procedurally generated. So the world changes every time. Okay. But every time you play through it, your actions impact the legend of the god that you play as. I think you're kind of a god. And so your god will be a vengeful god or a happy god or a funny god, depending on the choices you make, repeating going through life over and over and over again. And so it's it's an action RPG, kind of top-down, Legend of Zelda-ish, and it's co-op. Hmm. Yeah, so it looks really neat. It looks really pretty, really nice pixel art, really nice animation, uh, really beautiful. It's going to come to PlayStation platforms eventually, including Vita, fingers crossed. They announced it. They haven't taken it back yet. Um, and the oh, PC was it, it was a Kickstarter. I, I found it here. It was, it was a Kickstarter at one point? Oh, yeah, it looks I like guess. it. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's, it's lovely looking. And uh, the PC version drops on March 10th. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Fighting Legend. Daigo Umehara will begin a regular streaming schedule in cooperation with Mad Cats starting today, February 20th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So, like, now-ish, I guess. He is so late to the party with this. Yeah, but it's Daigo. Okay, Daigo... All right. I'm not going to say Daigo is irrelevant, because he's not. He is still one of the best in the world. But personality-wise, as a fighting game personality, he has none. That's his shtick. He has yeah. no personality. And yeah. if I'm going to watch somebody on stream, I want to watch Infiltration, who is a huge troll. I want to watch Gutex or Mike Ross, or I'll watch Justin, because they all are more interesting to watch. Yes, Justin is going to body fools like you wouldn't believe, but if I'm watching a stream, I'm not watching for instruction. If I want instruction, I'll watch a YouTube video or I'll read about it. Stream for, for just just for... Um, entertainment's sake, I don't know if Daigo is going to be that entertaining. Who's to say it is just for entertainment's sake? We don't know what he's doing yet. Okay, is there going to be a translation? Who knows? The other problem it's just, is... It's uh, just Daigo is doing a weekly stream. Yes, yeah, the other issue is, and I saw this on SRK, is that it may not be Twitch. It may be Nico, oh, which is the one. Japanese Twitch. <laughs> that would make sense. Which is either not as good or doesn't work as well here. I'm not sure what the deal is with that one. But I, I mean, I, I gotta say, he's really late to the party with it. I'm not terribly excited. I mean, is Daigo awesome? Yes. But if I want to watch somebody just for fun, heck, I'll watch Arturo Sanchez, who played Dalsam and be awesome, because he's funny. And so, I don't know, we'll see. Well, Daigo is the only... I mean, he's Daigo. He's the only fighting game personality. And maybe he does have no personality. I don't care. There's no one else that I am aware of who has a move named after them. 
<laughs> the Ume Shoryu. Yeah. Well, not only that, but historically, there's the Daigo Perry. Oh, yeah. From, like, from, from, from Evil Moment 32. Yes. Exactly. Like, it's the Daigo Perry. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he's a legend. Anyway. Well, okay. Here, here, here's, okay. Here, here, here's the barometer for that. Of those names I listed off, besides Justin Wong, did you know anybody I was talking about? No. Okay. That's why it's... That's, that's the thing. He transcends fan he genres. Like, I don't even yeah. care about fighting that much. I know, what da- I know who Daigo is. <laughs> anyway, so I said a while ago that there is no preview thing for new PlayStation firmware. Well, it turns out there is. Uh, PlayStation EU tweeted out people who want to get in and test out the next uh, PlayStation firmware before it becomes available. Then industry insiders have kind of suggested that it lays the groundwork for gifting games to other players like you can on Steam. Uh, That'd be with, cool. Yeah. yeah, with like wish lists and shit. Like, man, I would be getting my brother um, uh, Shank 2. The other day he asked me to log into my account on his system so he could play Shank 2, and I turns out I forgot my password. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to give my brother Shank 2. Anyway. Um, they say that other features sound too good to be true, which is probably true, but you never know. Good stuff has come out via firmware. Maybe you'll be able to stick a PS2 disc in there. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> I doubt it. That would be too good to be true. Uh, Telltale Games have reconfirmed that Tales from the Borderlands, Game of Thrones, and Minecraft Story Mode are still coming to Vita. Yeah. I can vouch for one of those three. I haven't yeah, played. I, Mine- I have not played Minecraft Story Mode yet. I probably won't. But... I haven't even played Minecraft yet. I've watched people play Minecraft. I don't I've understand. I've watched kids play Minecraft. I've yeah, watched, I don't, yeah. I, said I don't I'm, get it. I was on a bus a while ago. The kid next to me was playing Minecraft on a tablet. Just loved it. Hmm. Anyway, uh, till, uh, Ollie Ollie 2 and Not a Hero, which are these wonderful, razor-sharp, arcade-style games from a developer called Rolled 7, will come to Xbox One in 2016. Both will have expanded content. There will be 50 new levels and 250 new challenges in Ollie Ollie 2, and three new levels and the ability to play as Bunny Lord and Not a Hero. Uh, so, congratulations, Xbox One. They're awesome games, I'm sure. I am not buying Not a Hero as... And a finger to roll seven for not putting it on Vita. <laughs> they said it was coming. Do you think that that expanded content will be kind of retroactively added to the PS4 one? Or are they just going to be no, disparate? No. When, when this when this tends to happen, um, like a lot of content was added to um, what was it called? Super Time Force Ultra when it landed on PlayStation platforms. Xbox okay. got none of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's the same publisher. It's Devolver Digital, so I would imagine. God, they're everywhere. Uh, they're good. Like they, yeah. they're good at picking talent. Tales from the Borderlands will get a physical release uh, on PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and One, coming t- in April 22nd in Europe, 26th in North America. Maybe it'll so. run better. I love Tales from <laughs> Borderlands, but it, it suffered from the standard. Telltale games running like ass for no reason. Symptoms. That's one of the things that really bothers me about Telltale games is after like with The Walking Dead, we forgave it because this was kind of their first attempt at something this good looking. Mm-hmm. But since then, they've never improved it. It's like Assassin's Creed, and the platforming's still being janky. Like, there's like, no reason for it to be for it to run as badly as they do. I mean, I remember, um, oh shoot, the Wolf one. The Wolf Among Us, yeah, yeah, yeah. being some of the quick time events were just terrible because it was like jumpy and the frame rate was sh- terrible. I don't understand it. I just mm-hmm. get some talent in there, guys. You can write. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hyper Light Drifter, a uh, Kickstarter update uh, just yesterday on Friday, indicated that the game may not land on Wii U. Wii U was, I believe, one of the stretch goals or something. Mm. One of the initial announcements, one of the initial platform announcements. Uh, but this was back when everyone expected the Wii U to do well. Um, <laughs> now, this is due to an, quote, ongoing internal contractual issue between the developers, uh, beyond the developer's control, between the platform holder and the engine developer. So it's some problem between these two other businesses that um, developer Heart Machine has to deal with. It's not their fault. And I wonder if it's just that, like, Nintendo has said, no, no, we're done with the Wii U. We'll help you put it on, you know, the NX. And they're like, no, the deal was the Wii U. And they're like, no, we'll put it on the NX. So who knows? Uh, no mention of the Vita, Vita, Vita version being canned, so I'm still happy. Uh, the developer also says they'll have details on a release date next month. Also, right now, you can pre-order it on goodoldgames.com. Hmm. <laughs> they're, they're forgoing Steam entirely? For good old games, we're gonna have it on know. both. Oh, I would be shocked. How do you forego Steam on a PC? I don't release? know. That's, that's I mean, insane. that's true. But I bet you I can go to Steam right now and find its page. Steam Drifter. Yep. Oh, okay, Steam, it is still Steam there. Greenlight. Okay. 
Steam Greenlight. Well, that was just the first. It thing must have been the original part of it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I I watch far too much Jim Sterling. Every time I hear Green or Steam Greenlight, I think it's got to be shit. So <laughs> that's not fair. But <laughs> Hideo Kojima won a Lifetime Achievement Award at uh, the at the Dice Convention this week. That he got to accept in person. Yeah, because Konami uh, didn't let him. You know, had no say in the matter. Every, everyone is pointing out that no lawyer stopped this one. Um, <laughs> but in an interview at Dice, Kojima said that Sony quote are not controlling what I'm doing at all with the game that he's making for them, and that was part of the conditions. And Sony was very respectful towards me and what I do. In that regard, it's been very nice and pleasant. He also mentioned that his children dislike his beard. Um, <laughs> Did you see the picture that Kojima tweeted out with? Him and the dude from The Walking Dead who was in the last part of P.T. Yeah, Norman Reedus, yeah. Yes. Maybe Why like is once he you doing meet, this to us? Maybe like once you meet Kojima, you're just pals with him forever. Like he still keeps in touch with Jeff Keighley. <laughs> like it's weird to me. Uh, but maybe he's just a super nice dude. But oh, that yeah. what, that quote was kind of exactly what we want to hear about his deal with Sony. That Sony yeah. aren't saying, we want you to make this game. They're saying, Kojima-san. Please make a thing for us. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. What kind of thing do you want? No, Kojima-san, tell us what you want, and then make it, and we'll pay you for it. (laughs) That's what we want to hear. We just want, like, let Kojima loose and see what he'll do when he's not bound by the need to make a Metal Gear game. Like, Can it we has at least been... give him a release date or, or a window or something so we're not waiting for the next system to get something? Fuck I no. want something. No, Fuck I mean... no. No, 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 no. Uh... It's Kojima. He will work on it until it's done, and when it's done, it will be something that Yeah, pushes... and it's going to be... Remember that Game Boy game that was, like, light-sensitive that was his? Do you remember that? It was a, I swear it was a Game Boy Advance game that had a light sensor on it. And it was Kojima. So at least I thought it was. I can't remember the name of it. But he is capable of putting out some crazy stuff. Well, crazy, yes, but bad, no. No, well, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't what anybody was expecting. What was it called? Let's see if you can internet beast before I came up with it. I thought it was Kojima. Oh, that's just Metal Gear series. Um, Was it Game Boy Advance? Maybe I'm off on that, too. Uh, Buktai, the Buck-tie. sun is in your hands. Yes, Buktai, that's what it is. He yep. was the game designer and producer, and it yep. got a, it got like three sequels. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I guess that's that's my ignorance with handhelds. I just remember it coming out and going, "Why is this cartridge so big? Oh, there's a light sensor on it." <laughs> well, yeah. Wait, Kojima... you want me to go outside? I'm a gamer. This isn't how it works. <laughs> Kojima's always been crazy and and pushes things, so. Yeah, I really don't want something with a light sensor on it. Yeah. But but I you know, I can't remember a game of his that didn't take a genre and say, No, it can be this and just move the bar and everyone else is just looking at it going, Damn it <laughs> I can't reach that. So, Kojima san, what have you done? You made it harder for the rest of us. Stop. Very rock star of him. Uh Fallout four won Dice's game of the year for last year. I can see that. Alright. Well, like, I can see it winning. And the thing is, DICE is kind of like what we want video game awards to be. It's other game producers and developers and designers voting on it. That's what they said. The game development community says that Fallout 4 is the best game of last year. That means Bloodborne was too hard for them. <laughs> <laughs> or, they, or they just looked at it and said, no, I can, I can easily see how someone would program this beautiful gothic town this is this this is not a challenge for anyone. But wow, Diamond City, that must have been hard. I, mean, no, I don't get it. The towns are underwhelming in Fallout. They really are. Thank you. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of life to them. I mean, I, I don't go back to the looking for much. It's like I go to Diamond City to buy ammunition, and mm-hmm. then I'll stop by the next town to buy ammunition, and I don't even go back for anything. It's not... There's they're, very, not, they're not living. It doesn't feel like they're living. Yeah. There's very little about Fallout 4 that when I think back on it, I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. Except for like radiation storms. Man, those are amazing. Yeah, they scare the shit out of me. <laughs> yes, those look so fucking cool. Um, but when I think about like, what's the first thing I want to say when I want to talk about Fallout 4 is, you know how in Borderlands when you're shooting guys and it feels really good and then you level up and none of your guns feel good anymore because now your guns are under leveled? Yeah. Exact same shit happens in Fallout 4. It drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I, the, when I start talking about Fallout 4, I want to say in bad things about it. 
<laughs> hey, speaking of guns, right now I've got a sniper rifle that sounds like a cannon. It's like the heavens open and, and thunder comes down and, and people, f- raiders from miles around here and, and soil themselves because one of them just has heads splattered all over the wall. I so do, it, I do appreciate the weapon mod. The weapon mods. I don't appreciate that in order to have a weapon that is competitive at whatever level you're at, you have to have all those points in weapon modification. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or else you're not doing shit. And at the end of any kind of weapons development, they're all going to pretty much look the same. They're all going to be as powerful as possible. They're probably all going to have the long scope on them, and they're probably going to have a silencer on them. Like, it's less expressive than it is kind of just... Uh, development of power. There is some randomness to the weapons, though. I found a shotgun that fires two shells at the same time, but only bills me for one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that... does insane damage, but its 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 accuracy is like two. So I have to aim down the sights. That's, I can't that's... just fire it from the hip. Now, is this like a sawn-off, or what is this? I, 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 it's, it's not a sawn-off. It's got I, I put one of those rotary barrels on it, not barrel, rotary um, clips on it, so I can mm. fire like twenty-five times in a row. Combat without shotgun. having. Yeah, it's a combat shotgun. There we go. There we mm. go. That it, it does insane damage, but I have to aim down the sights, otherwise I don't hit anything. Yeah, the so. uh, that that low accuracy that has nothing to do with the fact that it shoots two shells. That's just you know whatever the stock is or the the lack of sights on it or something. Mm. You can get that you can get that up to pretty good <laughs> to the point where using okay, it in bats so. is really effective. Uh, Techland has decided to continue their support for Dying Light until the end of this year. They also said that more content is coming, which kind of pisses me off, because I thought my <laughs> physical copy of the following would be like the definitive Dying Light that I could just keep forever. No, turns out I'll have to buy another one one day. So that's okay, I can gift this to my brother or something. Uh, they also indicate a sequel is in the works, and thank goodness. I'm super pleased about I that. It definitely deserves one, that's for sure. That... The... That game took that specific. I don't know if 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 zombie open world game is a genre or not, but that was the best. It was better than any of the Dead Rising games. It was better than yeah. than any of the other ones. It was just better than Resident Evil. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it was. Yeah, I Scarier really than Resident think, Evil. More and more okay. immersive. Yeah. Well, you well, there's an argument to be made for uh, what is it? Left for Dead, I suppose, as the definitive zombie game. But for me. Um, I'm I'm replaying it this week, and I've got some other stuff kind of on the docket that is maybe more interesting to people, but I'm playing Dying Light, and, you know, it, it, it's absolutely gorgeous, and I keep on thinking about how uh, Techland said they wanted it to be their first AAA game, and it really is. I keep on comparing it to Fallout, and when I'm comparing it to Fallout, I'm thinking about what you actually do what I, the player, am actually doing at this moment, at any given moment in Fallout 4. And at any given moment, unless I'm in the middle of a firefight, it's pretty boring. And if I am in the middle of a firefight, it's not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> but in Dying Light, every, every second of gameplay is fun. Like, yeah, I'm not just walking from one point to another. I am... Jumping off a zombie's head onto a truck, leaping from a truck onto a rooftop, leaping off the rooftop, landing 30 feet below in a roll so I'm protected, running forward, sliding under a fence, whipping off a grappling hook and flying up to an uh, an overpass or something. It is fun and fun and fun. And then when it switches into combat, the combat dovetails into that platforming beautifully. So 100% of the time as I'm playing Dying Light, I am doing something fun. I'm on the way to do a quest, or I'm on the way back from a quest, or I'm on the way to talk to a guy, just like I am in any Fallout game or any open-world RPG. But instead of the interesting thing being the conversation that occurs when I get to that guy, or... Mm you know, the, this passable combat that you just kind of accept because the com- or because the context for it is more interesting. The combat is so good. The journey it, itself is actually enjoyable for Yes. Me. The journey in Dying Light is wonderful. It's one of these... It is... I think it's better than I remember it being. Like, Once you remember how to play it, get your hands on it again. Yes. Yeah, I got to the point now where I can kick a guy in the skull and shatter his skull. And I can take zombies' heads off with one good swipe of a samurai sword now, because I just unlocked the samurai sword. And 
it uh, there's so much about it that kind of speaks to the games that I loved as a kid. Because I was thinking about our conversation about playing Doom last week, mm. and about how you know when you're a kid, oh, Doom was so amazing. I think part of the reason Doom was so amazing was because it was so gross and gory <laughs> and horribly <laughs> violent, and it would have scandalized our parents to see it. And I'm playing Dying Light, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the most horrifically balls out violent game I think I've kind of ever played. And I am the monster in this game. I am so much worse than anything else. Because, like, you know, twos, or I'm running up to two zombies. I hit them both with a drop kick. They both go flying. I walk up, kick one, just because he's getting up first. Just kick him! And he stays down for a second. Then I turn to the other one, bring down a hammer on its skull. The skull explodes in an orgy of blood. I turn around, this one's getting up again. I kick him again. No, you stay down. <laughs> and then I bring the hammer down on his head. And I, like, it is monstrous and gross and so visceral. You are in that moment. Because if you let these things get up, they will kill you. It's wonderful. It's so how does Techland follow this up? They say they're making another one. They're making a sequel. How do you follow it up? Okay. Is it just bigger? I mean... I don't think they need bigger. It was big. It was already plenty big. Dying Light was, was huge. Big. It was great. Um, I, what I think there is... Where I think there is room for improvement for Dying Light is uh, the context, which is what Bethesda does so well. Mm -hmm. if, if they wanted... And I think if they even attempted to do kind of what... Um, we want out of the Fallout games of having that kind of moral choice and being able to kind of direct the story. I think if they attempted that, they would not do it anywhere near as, near as good as Bethesda does, and it would be a negative in the negative column for their next game. I just think they need just better writing and better, uh, better voice actors. And the writing and voice actors in this ain't bad at all. It's not as bad as I remember, you know, the original, the last Tomb Raider game being. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but to me, there's not really much to improve. All you can do is, you know, make it a little better looking. Um, maybe... Well, being, being native to the new kind yes. of hardware will definitely help for that. Well, this is native to the new hardware. It's not on PS3, is it? Which one? Dying Light. Is it on PS3? Wait, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. Wow, I forget how long the consoles have been out already. You're right. Yeah, Dying, Dying Light is native to the new stuff. Yeah, okay. That's I just lose track of time already. Holy cow, I forgot that my Xbox One and PS4 are that old already. Yeah, and so it, it replaying Dying Light shines a spotlight on any other action game. Like, even I was thinking back about uh, Metal Gear, the last Metal Gear game, where when it got into the action, when it got into the stealth, man, it did a really good job of it. It really did. But a lot of your time in that game is spent getting there, and that's fucking boring. Yeah. And I, I think of, you know... Fucking, Oh, Witcher! Witcher 3! <laughs> like, not only is the combat whiffy, but just moving around the environment sucks. And that That's is just not... because the horse control was no bad. The it was, walking it was really bad. Was bad. The no, walking control. The control wasn't it, that bad. It, it was not, you know, the worst thing ever, but no, it sure wasn't great. <laughs> and every moment in this is great. Like, and I'm... Oh, it's so good. Like, just... What, I, what, I, what I, saves Fallout... For that is the fast is being able to fast travel almost anywhere, but isn't that kind of a bad thing to say when I'm saying I will fast travel like you know a hundred feet, yeah. just so I don't have to walk there? And and the thing is, and what's kind of sad about that is for me at least the best parts of Fallout are those quiet walks through this eerie wasteland, and the solitude of it and the beauty of it, and that that is kind of the best most affecting part of it. But it's not fun. And this is just fun <laughs> with a capital F. It is it is just going nuts with crazy weapons, beating the shit out of things, flying over the world. Um, okay, also, uh, something I always wanted to point out in a review, which I never did. Do you remember what Altair means? Altair? Mm -hmm. No, I don't remember. Altair or means he who flies. Okay. Do you remember what Ezio means? No, no. Ezio means eagle. Okay. Do you remember what the name of the hero in Dying Light is? No. It's Crane. Okay. It's a bird. Yeah. He flies. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. Okay. No, he flies over the rooftops. That's right. Oh, it's just... Over yeah. the zombie heads. <laughs> yeah. Dying Light is better than I remember being. And I wonder how much of that is the enhancements of the enhanced edition. But either way, like, I'm, I'm not even playing the following content. I'm just replaying the campaign again. And, oh, it's wonderful. Okay, so that that's my spiel about Dying Light. Now, the final bit of news. 
is that on Tuesday, December 16th, Street Fighter V launched. Uh, reviews are pretty mixed on the subject. Servers were pretty shaky at launch, and Capcom are working on it. <laughs> Capcom, there, there's a there's a Twitter that's like that's like Street Fighter V server, and if you follow it, you're getting constant updates of Capcom going, "We are aware of matchmaking issues. We'll keep working on it. Matchmaking matchmaking issues are fixed. Let us know if you see anything else." An hour later, we are aware of matchmaking issues. We're working on it. So, first things first, never trust reviews of a fighting game. Because the vast majority of people who are writing reviews will play nothing but the single-player content, which is like less than half of why you have any fighting game. And the reason that the <clears throat> reviews on 5 are so bad is because there basically is no single-player content. The game came out a month too early. And it was done on purpose to get it into the hands of the people who are going to be competing or would like to be competing in the Capcom Cup. They're They're... Capcom is trying to create its own little esports world here around the Capcom Cup, and they needed it available for the major tournaments that are starting up already. So it had to be out. And what they finished in time was the core of the game. I could sit down on my couch next to some other dude, and we could fight all day, and it would work just fine. As soon as I try to take it online, there are problems. On... I happened to be awake on Monday night when it unlocked. And my whole reason for staying up that late was because I wanted my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Some I didn't get it. Somebody already got it. Some, somebody already got it. So I am, cha- I am Chamberlain underscore one, and it irks me every time I look at it. But I was on for like two minutes, and I got booted off, which, you know, I, okay, it's, it's, it's day zero. It's not going to work. I went to bed. Next day, I start to log in, and it's still isn't working. So I go through and I run through the story mode for everybody, which is between three and five fights for everybody. It unlocks the ability to purchase a costume later on and earns you a fair amount of fight money so we can actually afford that later on. I try to play online again. Didn't work. So I start to do survival mode and survival mode is the most bullshit you will ever be exposed to in a fighting game because it's between 10 and 50 fights in a row that you have to do without losing and I would ignore this except all of the colors are locked away behind finishing survival mode. Now, question. Do you have just one life bar to beat those 50 characters? No, because you are allowed to purchase upgrades in between fights to either increase damage for the next fight or increase defense or get some random amount of health back. Hmm. So, yes, you can recover some of your health bar in between them. The problem is that in order for it to work, you need to be connected to their servers. So I was running through the normal fight mode because I wanted the purple Nakali and get booted out at fight 25 out of 30. And you can imagine my reaction to that. So that was Wednesday. Thursday, I finally get some ranked matches in, and they're okay. Once you finally get a match, it feels as good as you should. So it it is working now. Today it's been on and off. Uh, yesterday I got in and I had a really good long hour set with someone who's a lot better than I am. I didn't win at all, but it was a, a fight. You learn a lot more from losing over and over again to the same guy yeah. than beating random people over ranked. Is this so, the GGPO netcode? Yeah, it, it's not exactly GGPO, but it's the same kind of rollback netcode that is being used in in Killer Instinct and that they are trying to implement into Mortal Kombat X. So it's good when you are... When you are setting up a fight request, you can set it up to filter out all but the best connections, and it does a pretty good job. I've only had one or two really bad matches, and one of them, the guy was playing on his computer over wireless. <laughs> he admitted to that, and I shamed him for it. Falcon, that's you. I know you're listening. So, yeah, when, when the connection is good, it's really, really good. There is occasionally some teleporting. There is a bug in the PC version, where if you have a mediocre connection and you see the other person tele- teleporting, if you alt-tab out, tab back into it, suddenly you're fine, and on the other end, now you are teleporting for him. So it shifts the lag. It is almost a literal lag switch. So, <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and there's a tweet about that they put out, and hopefully Capcom will fix that quickly. Okay, well, about, about uh, what is in the box at launch. As someone who is kind of casual about fighting games and doesn't, you know, give that much of a shit about fighting games, for most people, looking at reviews right now, 
of Street Fighter V. And considering what they actually get in the box when they take that disc home today, um, there was an interesting uh, conversation Shahid Ahmad had, an interview in the past week, about how reputation is now just as important as the games themselves. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but feel like I appreciate that they want it out in time for the attorneys. They do. That's their priority. That's fine. But I think that this was a damaging launch for the Street Fighter brand and for Street Fighter V in general. I feel like most people who are kind of on the fence about it will look at these reviews and look at community reaction to this and decide not to get it, decide to get anything else. The people on the fence are not going to be the people who are going to be playing this for a long time. The people on the fence are the people who buy it once. They're a single-time customer. Whereas Capcom is courting the long term with this. They released it early to get all the people who really care about the game in now. And it sounds like I'm apologizing for it, and maybe I am a little bit, but by getting it out earlier, the truly the true enthusiasts, the people who are actually going to spend the $30 on the season pass, even though we don't need to, we just want to because we don't want to do the other work for it, that's who got it ahead of time. That's who got it the month early. Had they put it off a month, I don't know if they would have lost that, but they would have gained nothing. Because the other people who buy it once already bought it once, and they're not going to spend any money on DLC anyway. It sounds shitty, but this is Capcom no, we're it, talking about. It is shitty, and it sh- they have shot themselves in the foot with this, and you could have achieved the same result for your core audience who wants to be playing it right now, and is playing it right now. You could have achieved the same result by saying, everyone who's pre-ordered, you get a code. A month before launch, we're going to give you guys basically the whole game. You get every single character. You get two-player lobbies. You get what we call survival mode and the shitty little story mode. That's not really anything, but you can unlock colors for your characters or something or outfits for the characters. The store won't be up yet. That's only going to come at launch. But because you've pre-ordered and you care about our game, we're going to give you what we're going to call Street Fighter V Alpha. And then... Next the, week or next month, when everything's in on the disc, you'll get your disc, you'll take it home. The bar has moved so much, though. If you think all the way back to when Street Fighter Four came out, identical launch. Street Fighter Four had no story. Street Fighter Four had no story mode. It had an arcade mode you would play through. Did it have a training mode? There's a training mode in this one. I mean, there, there's a practice room. There's I know there's no... a practice room, but will it teach me how to do combos? With no, my favorite Capcom character? games never teach you how to do that. Oh. I mean, okay, Street Fighter Four did have kind of a challenge-ish mode in there. We could go through and learn impractical combos that are not good for much else. Those teach you nothing. Capcom games never teach you how to play. There, no. That is a huge failing in the games that is probably never going to be addressed because as a Japanese developer, they think if you care enough, you'll learn on your own. That's just how Street Fighter has always been. But 5 came out almost identically to what 4 came out with. I mean, it's, it's, it's very close to the arcade release of 4. There are four fewer characters than there were in the home release of Street Fighter 4, but there will be four more characters by the end of the year. Actually, five more by the end of the year. As someone who's, you know, again, kind of pretty casual about fighting games and really standoffish as a rule, I was prepared to miss Street Fighter 5. Um, this past Monday, uh, my older brother and I don't hang out as much as we should. And so we decide we're going to get together, we're going to hang out, just play some video games. But Monday ends up not happening. It ends up happening on Tuesday. And so uh, the idea is he's going to pick me up. We're going to drive back to his place. And I say, on the way back to your place, do you mind if we stop by EB Games on the way? He goes, no, that's cool. I'm like, okay, thanks. He goes, what are we picking up? I go, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) And when we were kids, man, uh, we played the crap out of Street Fighter against each other. We didn't know what we were doing, but, oh, it was fun. So just on the way, I go in there. I pay like 90 Canadian for fucking, you know, this has nothing in it, Street Fighter Five. Take it over. We're in the elevator going up to his place. I pull it out. He's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, Street Fighter Five, bitch. Just came out today. And, man, it was like being kids again. See, that's the point. Everything you needed for that experience was in the box. It really was. <laughs> like, And that's all I wanted out of it. And it really delivered. It was. And really now in a month you will have more. Assuming I keep playing it. Well, yeah, I mean... Assuming uh, someone wants to be the Obi-Wan to my Luke. Oh, no, see, that's... I... I, I... Teach me, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Street Fighter V <laughs> is... All right, I have... I don't know how many hours I put into it between launch and today, but I will say that I have loved it half the time and hated it the other half of the time. Why which is probably it? on par for learning a new fighting game. Because... 
the game can, your game plan or your match or your round can go to absolute shit at the drop of a hat. <laughs> it, it's like all of a sudden, like, I've got, I've got my plan, we're going, I got this guy in the corner, I'm laying my frame traps on him, I'm good. And you miss one. You get knocked down and, oh, wait, now it's his turn. And suddenly I get button happy and I'm hitting the wrong buttons at the wrong times and just getting wrecked. The punishment for hitting the right button at the wrong time or the wrong button at the right time is so much higher in this game than it was in Street Fighter 4. D- damage in Street Fighter 5 is such that I can, let's say I do something stupid and I wake up DP with Nikali and the guy blocks it, which I was doing a lot against this Karen I was playing with yesterday. So I do a wake up DP, he blocks it. Instead of a reasonable like 15-20% combo, you're losing like 35-40%. If the guy knows his crush counter punishes, which most do because those aren't very difficult. So the the punishment for a poor decision is astronomical. I don't even know what a crush counter is. All right. What's a crush counter? A regular counter hit would be if the move coming at you interrupts your move. So okay. any any move has three states. There are, there are startup frames, active frames, and recovery frames. So a standard punch, let's say a fierce punch, has, I don't know, four startup frames, which means from when I push the button to when the move actually does frames. something is four frames. Mm-hmm. And then it's active for two frames, and it's like then after then there's six frames after the fact where I can't do anything. If you get hit in the startup frames of the move... That's a counter hit. Usually a counter hit means that you are under more hits done, which allows for better follow-ups from the other person. For example, um, Nikali's crouching jab doesn't do anything, but if you get a counter hit with a crouching jab, you can link it into medium, and from medium you can go into other stuff. Crush counter, each character has specific moves. Usually it's a fierce attack, like like fierce punch or, 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 or heavy kick, that is not only a counter, it's a crush counter. It puts them into this really cool spinning animation and gives you ages and ages to follow up with something else. But you have to do a counter with a fierce move, which has a far longer kind of exactly. wind-up time. Oh. Exactly. So usually it's uh, a punish on, on, on an unsafe move. So if, like, Nikali or Ryu or Ken throws out a dragon punch, it gets blocked. As they land, you can throw out your counter attack and get them. Otherwise, if you throw out an attack meaty at just the right time, like if I'm waking up mashing on jab and you throw out a meaty crush counter attack, I might get crush countered and then you have all day to recover or all day to do it. It's, it's, the idea is that it's making you be more careful. It's making you be much more selective about what you throw out there because if you're wrong or if your timing's off, you're fucked. That's the whole point. Are you there? <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chamberlain on his own with a brief addendum to episode 10. The technology bug has bitten us again. What you heard at the very end of episode 10 was me no longer being able to hear anything Chance was saying. Chance emailed me right afterwards saying he could hear me, so I disconnected my headset, plugged it back in again, and it sounded like everything was fine. So we talked for 20 minutes... Once again, my side was gone. So to give you a quick recap of what we talked about in that last 20 minutes, Chance asked the very astute question that if a dragon punch in recovery frames, or he asked why a dragon punch in recovery frames is being treated as if it was being hit in its startup frames, based on the way I described counter hits working. And the answer to that question is, well, that's just how DPs work. (laughs) It's designed to discourage you from throwing them out on wake-up. Not that anybody I know does that. There was a lot more Street Fighter V discussion, and a lot of my dislike, at least at this point, comes down to having a very difficult time making the transition between 4 and 5. And yes, I did play in pretty much all of the betas, so I knew what was coming, but it didn't help because I didn't have a lot of back-to-back matches. I didn't, I couldn't play over and over again against the same people the way you want to when you really want to learn something. Street Fighter 4 could be played in almost a random style with some characters, 
and you'd have some success. At, at my medium level, my mediocre level, I could throw out shenanigans and nonsense, and it would work. It would get me a ranked win, which is all that really mattered. Street Fighter V is, is much more, I believe, contemplative. Yes, it's all rushed on. You want to get up in your ass, up in your opponent's ass and stay there for as long as you can, but in the process of doing so, you need to be much more conscious of what buttons you're hitting when. And there's all these buttons. I've got all these buttons on my arcade stick, and I want to press them. But the best bet often is to not press them, or to press them more judiciously. I'm not a masher, but it's close. I'll come around. I know I will, because I always have in the past. There was a story that we told of one of the several times that I quit Street Fighter 4. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I do remember that it was late one evening, and I had lost one too many times to nonsense. My arcade stick flew across the basement and struck the wall and was was broken, but I, I wasn't done in, in a, a what could only be described as a tantrum. I grabbed a scissors that was on the desk next to me, and I went after it, and in an embarrassingly homicidal manner, I, I cut its cord and stabbed it repeatedly with the scissors to make sure that it could never be used again, and I could never play that game ever again. And about two months later, I had purchased another arcade stick and bought the game again. I promise you that in episode 15, 16, I will tell you that I hate Street Fighter V. I will tell you that I hate it, and that I never want to play it again, and that it is the worst thing ever, and that anybody who likes it is stupid. These words will come out of my mouth. I also promise that an episode later, I will be right back at it. I will be apologizing for all the awful things I said. Baby, baby, please take me back. Take me back. It won't be like last time. I won't yell at you. I won't yell at you again. I promise. It is very much an abusive relationship of which I am the victim more often than not. Anyway, sorry we lost that last 20 minutes, much like episode 7 being lost the first time. It was a lot of good stuff. We'll recap some of it next week. Once again, for Chance, this is Chamberlain. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week.